Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, hello, hello. It's Private Talk Podcast with Alexis Texas, and we're back with another episode. And today we have the privilege, Private Talk, of having Fox and Rob Rich on the couch. We do it official here. You got <laughs> We love it. We love it. It's the southern way. We got to give you that southern hospitality, even though we're in LA. Thank you very kindly. Thank you so much for being here with us. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and coming and gracing our couch with um, you, uh, your your presence. I feel like I um I got the chance to watch your documentary um this week and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with your story. Frenchie introduced me guys to you know your whole story and I I was very moved by the whole documentary. It was very beautifully laid out. I feel like you're a very um courageous, inspiring woman to have dealt with everything that you've dealt with and still come on top in a, in such a beautiful way. So I want you to come here and talk about that a little bit. Tell, tell us your story. Tell us how the whole documentary kind of came about of like being into fruition. Well, I think that um, one of the things that happened for um, me, Alexis, was that when Rob and I married, we had been high school sweethearts uh, since I was 16. And so when he finally settled himself down and asked me to marry him, we had three children between us and it was the happiest moment of my life. And so I pulled out this camera because I wanted to document it all. I'm like, I have just done the best thing ever in my life. So and it just started mainly of just like doing family videos, kind of like documenting like the whole process of it and then yeah. kind of just rolled into something even more beautiful yeah. for the world to see. Just because we had made something beautiful together. And so um, short, about six months after that, we found ourselves in a financial crisis as a family and uh, in Louisiana's criminal justice system, which is the worst in the world. Um, Louisiana leads the entire world in incarceration. And, um, and at that point, the filming continued because I just was in awe that our lives that were so beautiful just six months prior had ended up in such a desperate um um, really uh, in tumultuous uh, experience. And so I had to keep recording. You know, I had to um, keep documenting. And so probably about maybe 10 years into our sentence, Rob ended up going to prison and getting getting sentenced to 61 years. Um, so probably about 10 years into his sentence, uh, after I had come home from prison, it was still imperative for me to keep recording because at this point I'm thinking um, certainly maybe we needed to be, not even maybe, we needed to be, um, uh, our behavior needed to be rectified, but uh, a life sentence for us when we took $5,000, I felt was extremely harsh and abrasive and a, a misuse of justice. For sure. And so we continued to film at that point because we were hopeful to use it as a tool to get Rob out. Well, um, with the work of our family over 21 years, we were finally able to bring him home. Uh, and so then the documentary took another life of its own to be able to share with people that, um, you know, a story of love and hope. And no matter what situation you find yourself in, uh, when you stick together as a family, love never fails and you can make it. That's beautiful. I feel like, you know, it's definitely a true love story. You guys, you know, went through a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations and, you know, being from so young at age at 16, not really knowing, like, I mean, at that point, like what really love is or what that could even inspire to be in certain things. And then going through such some traumatic um, situations, it's like, how did you keep that love alive? 
Now that is a good question. Yeah, I like him. He all right. You know, he's just got me, you know, I think about our filmmaker Gary Bradley. She's got me croning at the beginning of the movie, like, oh, I just love me some Robert. You can definitely tell, like in the you know, the whole movie, I was like, you can tell like from as a woman, you know, I've been in love, I've had my own situations, you know, I'm divorced, but you know, definitely you feel that loving times, but it's like you can tell from your facial, you know, just her facial expressions, like just your you you just exude that you were in love with him and that it was like really meant to be in a sense and not even knowing you really in the beginning of the whole you know documentary it was just like more portrayed on you and your path of what it went down to your story mm-hmm. so what do you think what did it make what how do you keep it working you know during that time rob i think you just keep doing the the next right thing um it starts with a feeling you know um as far as love is concerned and the minute that uh, i met fox uh, she may mention we're high school sweethearts. Um, from the very first moment that I laid eyes on her, there was like this little thing that happens on the inside and people that have been in love before, uh, they know that feeling. The butterflies. Right, right. <laughs> that you makes you do kinda, crazy right, things. Right. It makes you be like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Nobody else made me do this thing before. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, that thing. Um, and I continued to feel it over and over and over again with Fox. And then it became, you know, at that point to where, um, I like seeing her smile, so I wanted to do things continuously that make her smile. Uh, I she like definitely her, has a beautiful smile. Right? <laughs> you know, I like the way she laughs, so, you know, I always wanted to, you know, provide comic relief in our relationship. So it became things about, um, it became very intentional. You know, uh, when you find somebody that you love and you want to spend time with them, you know, you do things to kind of show that, you know, you want to be with them. And um, I think I just kept doing that, and she kept doing it back. And the more she did it back, I would do it back to her. (laughs) You know, our son Justice probably says it best about love. When he was a kid, we were at visit with his father um, at Angola Prison, and he had his name is Justice. He liked started liking this girl in his in his class in second grade. Her name was Justice, Mm. and uh, and he says I'm in love. And we say, well, how do you know you're in love, Justice? And he says, because I chase her, and she chased. (laughs) I kiss her and she kissed me. It's like, okay, that's pretty simple. All right. I like it. Sometimes it can be just as that simple. Yes. But so did you feel like you had to continuously kind of date each other within, you know, your prison sentence? Because how do you keep such, you know, a beautiful woman who's fighting for you on the outside? Like, how do you keep her into your loving relationship? Well, strangely enough, uh, Fox and I grew, um, started our relationship. I was in the military home on leave uh, when I met Fox. Uh, So even from the onset of our relationship, we had a distant relationship because I was stationed in Europe and uh, she was a 17 year old girl here uh, in high school. And um, with that being said, there was a lot of phone calls. I only came home maybe twice a year uh, on leave. And at that time, it would maybe be for two weeks to maybe 30 days max uh, that I would be at home. So you feel like that prepared you a little bit to kind of. Unfortunately, unfortunately, but but to make you laugh, 34 years we've been together. Right. We've been married in April. It'll be 24 years. Congratulations. And we have lived together as husband and wife for a whole two years out of that 34 <laughs> year range. So and how is that working for you? Well, he's still smiling and I am too. So, you know, he might keep him around a little longer, Alexis. This shit is working. <laughs> Was it a big adjustment period when you got out to like now you guys, you had your relationship you know, behind, you know, in prison and you being out is, was it difficult to kind of transition in back into a relationship in the outside world? Um, 
I think I, we both have two different uh, perspectives when it comes to that. I'll I think for me, it was probably, you know, just everything. You know, when he, Rob came home, we had lost our business. I had held on as long as I could to the family business. And before he came home, it folded. Um, so when he came home, we were, we were broke, broke as shit. And, um, and so just trying to get, I think the first year was just trying to get uh, our, our uh, feet up onto yeah. us and mm-hmm. figuring out how is it that we're going to be able to move in life now together. And then the second year, I think after you kind of get that situated and realize, okay, yeah, you're really home. Um, then the next phase of it for us was our sexual liberation. We had worked for 21 years to oppress our sex drive. And that's a hell of a manipulative and, and dogmatic and, and mind bending um, thing to do. Um, and so just trying to reacclimate ourselves to what it means to even be human, you know, to touch, to feel and, and, and know that you really can do so freely. So it's like a whole reprogramming thing that he and I have been um, going through. Yeah. Right. Cause even in our prison experience, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you're only entitled to two kisses uh, when your family oh, members come, you know, so you get a kiss when your family members first arrive and then you get a kiss at the end. So um, it was a thing that we have as a family among us that when you look at the uh, billboard for the um, for the film, it's uh, a picture of us kissing one another. So we laugh oftentimes about the fact that here we were uh, for the last two decades only being allowed to kiss each other twice a day. And now we're depicted kissing all over the world. Right. And I said we were stealing <laughs> kisses and visitation. You, you and got now time we're to depicted. make up for it. You got a lot right. of kisses to make up for us. That's right. That's Can't right. blame that. So do you feel like it was almost kind of like uh, the first time again when you got to actually finally get into, you know, be with each other intimately again? I think you had that same little quirky kind of feeling that you feel when you don't really know your way around this person's uh, inner workings or whatever, and it takes a little time, but... uh, We warming up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It just gets better with time. Yes, yes, yes. And I think the further away that we move from just even the hardships, we are even now beginning with the release of the film was the first time we realized, Alexis, that we haven't even unpacked all of the pain and the turmoil that we that the separation uh, trauma caused us. And so just even going through the interviews after they ended, we were like, whoa. You know, I've never even thought about any of this yeah. stuff they're asking us. So, you and know, I'm sure it's like you said, it's very different for both sides. You know what I mean? Is. It's like it's you forget often because we're human, like what we do suppress so much because you just deal with it because we have to live. We have to keep going one, you know, phone foot in front of the other and kind of just we have no other choice but right. to succeed that way. But you also don't realize how much intimate or like personal things that you kind of like have to heal. And that's why I say like, the, you know, dating each other and being intimate with each other or doing all those sweet things that you know, continue a relationship for as long as you guys have been together. Mm-hmm. We've been so twisted. We used to go back and look at Google and Google how many times people uh, have sex with trying one another. Trying to learn. Because I'm like trying to figure, out, figure out, like... Are we doing it too much? Are we not doing it enough? So what's the number? <laughs> oh, that that really put things into perspective, right? Because I'm like, I don't think we're doing it enough. I think we should be... <laughs> You're like, oh, and this then, isn't adding think, up for me. Right, and he got it frustrated, and he say, he Googles it. You know, he's like the Google wizard. I never think about Google Google is your stuff. friend. Google, right? is, Google your friend. is his friend. And so he looks at everybody Hmm. He puts it on his reading glasses and he says, do you know that people in Japan have sex? What was it? Three times a year. Three times oh, a no. year. Oh, no, I, I like, could not be in Japan. Not for, right. not for me. We'll not be moving there. But even in our country, you don't uh, actually realize how little uh, people are actually sexually engaged and they're, you know, in, in a relationship to one another. So when we start looking at the numbers and start saying, well, okay, shit, I think we're doing pretty good, Fox. <laughs> so what is your number? 
It varies from one week to the next. You know, it's like having a good game. One day you're off, and other days the jumper is just hitting. You know, so. <laughs> now, in other ways, you just find ways to make up to win that game. That's right. That's right. I think we've had experiences where we Seven. have had – Seven within a 24-hour time frame. I like that number. And that was beautiful. And then we have had where we may go a week and be like, oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Wait. uh, (laughs) Hey, you. I got access to you. You So who's the one initiating it the most? Me. (laughs) That's what she said. That's the honest question. Yeah, me. And to a point where, you know, I have to sometimes just wait on him to get his little feelers together. Like, well, then, uh, like, are you coming over? You're not coming over. But... (laughs) Nonetheless, it is uh, whenever he decides to come by, it's um, pretty nice. <laughs> so how did you find your strength with having you know, him gone for 21 years with not being a sexual being? If you're, you, know, you obviously seem like you a sexual being. You watched my movies before you came here. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm just here helping orgasms, one orgasm at a time. So how did you find that strength to like really kind of you know, do the work and stay committed into your relationship and, you know, not have sex? I think that you, um, it, it, it is how you have sex, right? Because there's different things. I think one of the things for us was just being able to have phone conversations. And um, you use whatever tools that you have when you're trying to survive. And, um, and so I think that it is about one of the, the things that helped with the discipline was just the fact that you were on a mission, I knew that the system was out to destroy my family, not because the choices that I had made were so heinous, but because the state launched its own violence against me and my family for our actions. And so just in that deep resolve not to succumb to this, uh, it just made me fight even harder and, and knowing that I've got to stay focused. If I'm going to get this done, if, if we're going to restore our family, we all have to stay focused. I applaud you for that. Sure. I'll take that. Thank you very much. I mean, it's, it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's a long time. You know, yes. you, you know, you found somebody that you, your high school sweetheart, you found, you know, you know that that's your match, but yeah. you're like, you're, there's something behind, or there's something in front of you that you can't get to that person. So it's like, what do you do to fill that time? Did you watch porn? Did you masturbate regularly? Did you do all these things, all of the above? Okay, with my sons in the room, yes, <laughs> and yes, and <laughs> yes, yes, because that's human nature. And I think, you know, even with our incarceration, that was the piece that we, you know, I served two and a half years in prison myself. And, and so it was like, how is it that breaking the law ended up becoming sadistic enough where people say, well, we're going to remove what is human about you and your ability to have sexual intercourse while you're incarcerated? How does that have anything to do with me breaking the law? So I I think that that's really like a mechanism of control. One, it also creates genetic annihilation because when you have men that you lock up for 10 and 20 years, in particular black men, they can't procreate if they cannot reach their mates. There's only like five or six states that have conjugal visits. But again, I'm still human so when I break not, the law. That wasn't the case for you guys at all? No, no. It, it says that I am, uh, I am human. When I broke the law, it didn't remove my humanity. It didn't remove my citizenship. Why in the world does it remove my sexual activity and my ability to Especially be able to be with my loved you know, one? You're married, and it's right. like a, a union, right. and it's like it's something that it's it's a legal paper documentation. So why wouldn't be able to touch my mate? Exactly. I didn't lose that in my in my criminal um, um, in my the court's decision. So how did that even become a part of it? It's really um, questionable in our society. So. What do you think that needs to be changed within the system, you know, with going all the stuff that you've gone through and like 
to implement to not have these things happen again? I think for Rob and I, we launched an organization called Participatory Defense Movement NOLA, where we train other families in legal awareness as a best form of defense. When we entered into this system, we were just like so many others. We were good people that just made a dumb or wrong mistake. And so um, just because we make a mistake, it doesn't mean that you should have to pay for it with the rest of your life. And, um, and so now we train other families how to deal with and how to approach those mistakes when they're made um, through participatory by participating in your own defense, which is what you see in the movie time with me making the phone calls with me following up with the attorneys and the judge's office is just me participating because I'm not just laying on the sideline for you to decide what you're going to do about my family. I'm going to actively participate in the process. And most people I'm sure don't know what to do. Like, where do you start? Where do you go through? You know what I mean? And that's kind of like, I think a beautiful thing within your documentary is that how you've kind of opened those doors to let families know that there is things you can do that yes. just because they tell you no doesn't mean that's no. Yes. It means that there is other things that you can do. Maybe you may have to be a little bit harder and jump through some more hoops, unfortunately, but there is also, you know, you, you just don't give up. Yes. Right. And I think, you know, even with whether it's incarceration, whether it's you pursuing a career that others in society may not see as the best career choice for you, you still have to fight to get there. I mean, it's like, I'm proud of you. You had something that you believed in, that you were passionate about. You left your small town in Texas and came out here to LA and you are doing, you know, bringing forth what you have come into this life to do. Um, because sex is a very important part of our humanity. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's, you know, there's parallels, but very similar in certain things. It's like where, you know, you get ridiculed because you make decisions or whatever, just because I made a decision doesn't mean that's right for you. But that's why I always go with to each his own. What works for me may not work for you, but what right. works for you doesn't work for me either. But, you know, within my own lane, if I'm doing something that I want to do with mine was in the sex industry was that's how I performed or I say I created my art. That's how I expressed myself. I was very, you know, uh, uh, comfortable in my own skin. I didn't think that it was, um, I never felt like used or like something like that. It was all in my own, you know, timeline and what I wanted to do and portray to the world. And I feel like I've gotten so much positive feedback throughout the years about from, you know, body imaging and just like just being comfortable in your own skin and talking about it. You know, I think education is really important. And if you don't know and educate yourself enough to know that, then sex could quote unquote be bad or, you know, the prison system could be, you know, bad or choices that we make could be bad but it's like if we educate our you know the world then we're way more ahead of our game than we could ever be well said alexis <laughs> <laughs> so besides the documentary what do you what else do you have going on i think for us just the fight for other people um um it is for us one our nephew um rob and i committed this offense with his nephew and he would receive 45 years and he had mace no weapon and so we still are working to bring him home. And um, we have Louisiana's longest serving woman. Um, she's done 50 years in prison and we're working to get clemency for her as well. So it is the, when you're free, you're free to free others. And, you know, in your own sexual liberation, whether it's one orgasm at a time that you are helping society get free, ours is using the skill set that we have learned on this journey to help other families get free as well. That's awesome. Not to mention uh, a lot of other people don't, a lot of the people that watch the film don't necessarily know that um, when I walked out of prison, I wasn't necessarily free. Um, I still have 40 years worth of parole time that I have to back up. So every month uh, I have to see my uh, parole supervisor. Uh, as a matter of fact, even be out here to participate in this show, uh, I had to be, I had to get uh, approval 
He was uh, all, wait a minute, what? Like, right. Texas? Texas? Like, Let me find out. Let me research what we're doing. Right. <laughs> are you going to do a porn, Rob? What are you talking about? <laughs> but the, the point in that is that, you know, we still are fighting to, um, to liberate ourselves from the, uh, from the sentence. Uh, served more than 21 years in prison, but yet still have 40 years to do um, month to month uh, on supervision. So uh, as Fox may mention, you know, these are just constant things that we still have to um, work to undo. How did that, so we talked about you and your journey and how, you know, going through it and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, a prison sentence, it's for the family. It's not just, you know, right. yes, you're doing the time, but you're, you know, there are other people are doing the time outside. How has that affected you to be away from your family for such a long time and having, you know, your children kind of raised, you know, without you being present in the home? Well, I saw an article once, an article was in a men's uh, health magazine, and it spoke about the amount of time that a father in society spends with his child, uh, engaged with their children. And the average was eight hours. So between two, right, per month. So in two visitations, um, from the time the visitation starts from the time, you know, to the time that it closes, I have at least twice as much time that I could spend with my kids. So when uh, visitation took place, uh, we spent a lot of time engaged, you know, in conversations about things that were going on with them uh, through phone calls, through letters, uh, ultimately through uh, emails and those kind of things. We continued to stay in contact with, with, uh, with one another. So um, I started realizing that I was actually putting in far more, more time. time with my children than the average person that was uh, putting time in with theirs on the street. So once uh, my prison sentence came to a close and um, I was uh, reunited with, uh, with my family, it was just doing more of the same thing, but now just having the ability to do it in person. Awesome. Do you feel like your relationship with your children are even stronger because of that then? I tend to think so. But, you know, that's just me just saying it. But from time to time, they tell me that I'm doing a really good job. You know, and, uh, <laughs> that I'm a pretty cool dad. So uh, I've had an opportunity, I think, now. This is maybe my third Father's Day that's coming up. So uh, gifts are usually a good indication as to how well you're doing. So uh, hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> Better make sure those gifts are right. good. <laughs> right, right, right. But I think it's all, you know, with communication. You know what I mean? You right. could have gone down and not, you know, had those toast talks, those visits, those things like that where it really matters, where especially, you know, men growing up into, mm -hmm. you know, boys into men. And, you know, having that kind of structure. But it feels like you definitely were present mm -hmm. as much as you could be or allowed mm -hmm. to be. So much so that when I would have trouble with the teenage boys, I would say, you just wait. I'm going to wait till your father calls. Oh, never mind when he calls. I'm taking you to visit this weekend. You just wait. You know, and, and then to have this gentleman who would never raise his voice at his sons at all. Um, it was just amazing to see the respect and the regard that had been built over the years so that he could still serve as an influence in their lives, even though he wasn't in our home. So, you know, we're just really, really grateful for that. And it just shows you that when you put your mind to doing something, um, God helps us find the way. I believe that for sure. How do you stay, what methods do you use to stay focused? Uh, we exercise, uh, we pray, we meditate. Uh, and most importantly, I think that we continue to keep the lines of communication open. So um, just through communicating uh, what you're thinking, uh, what you're experiencing, what you're feeling at a time, I think has a way of making sure that, you know, that you satisfy, you know, that end goal. I write it on the window. <laughs> I write it in my journal. At the beginning of the year, we write out our intentions for the year. And, uh, and then at the close of that year, we go back and we write out what, you know, mark off on that list what we actually accomplished so we can go back through them again. That really works for me. And every year, Alexis, it was at the top of the list, um, restore my family, restore my family. 
And um, so we, she say that we write in journals, but truth of the matter is, if you walk into our apartment, she writes on the window. <laughs> so all of our checklists is it like for the sticky year, notes everywhere. No, no it's, it's actually markers on the window. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, if that works for you, then that's what works for you. I mm -hmm. feel like you know, the more that you see it presently right. in your face, then it's it. like you have to. Then you have no other choice but to live it. Yes, that's right. yes. I'm a big about word affirmations. I'm very, in, I'm positive thinking. I don't try to as much as what negative stuff in the world is going on. You try to keep your mind as positive. As you can be, mm -hmm. and you know, unfortunately, in situations like this too, there's no other way but to be positive, or we can, you know, sit down and lose the fight. That's right. I think the other piece that really has helped us is comic relief. You know, when you can't change it, you better laugh about that shit till you can get past it. You mm -hmm. know, so um, I think our family is some of the biggest jokesters you'll ever want to meet, and uh, sometimes even to our own fault, we laugh at things that may that are happening to us that you know have no um, that are not funny at all. Mm -hmm. But you know, we would find humor in our own in our own way. You know, I'm you know, comedy is a good thing. Laughing, you know, it's good for the soul. Right. Laughing is good for the soul. <laughs> so who all right, or what or who is one of your biggest inspirations this year, going through all the crazy stuff you've already been through. We have COVID going on, we had a crazy election times, all of that. Is what big inspiration this year. This year. Twenty twenty one. Yes. Ooh, that's at the top oh. of the year. I think I know mine. Um, for me, one of the people that have been a big inspiration for me at the beginning of this year has been the game and um, um, being able to have connected with him um, through Clubhouse and just watching how he is using his platform to open communication, to talk about relationships, um, just some real down-to-earth shit is just really been um, moving to us, even to the um, point of how much he has enjoyed our movie and what the movie has meant to him. Um, so that has um, that's touched me in a special kind of way, just building that relationship out with him and then seeing how you can use that relationship relationship to uh, enhance or bless more people. I don't know if it's uh, any one individual uh, that's done it for me, but uh, I would have to say in my own uh, patriotism that uh, I would have to say that I'm really proud of the American public, uh, mm, even though, even though uh, our country's uh, exiting president, uh, Trump mentioned about the fact of making America great again. Um, but I think that America has shown that it has become great again, just in uh, when you look at the protest, you know, with people uh, actually taking uh, action and speaking truth to power, you know, whatever side of that argument that you're on. But being able to look at the uh, worldwide protest uh, that has been happening uh, centered around uh, issues that are taking place here in America, you know, and just seeing people out in the streets, uh, seeing people willing to, uh, you know, speak truth to power, to bring and hold accountable uh, our leaders and those kind of things. So it's really the overall uh, American culture, uh, culture and the people themselves that have been uh, most impressing to me, I would have to say, um, for the year 2020. Mm -hmm. Including the great state of Georgia. Right. Huh? How we've been able to even, you know, um, redefine ourselves. You know, when you look at businesses that are closing, but yet you see other ones that are thriving. You know, or so, you opening. know, just people being able to show how creative they are, you know, in the Resilient. midst of a pandemic. It's definitely been a defining <laughs> year. You know what I mean? Right. The closing, you know, of 2020, up and coming, you know, 2021 we're into now. It's like, you know, it's definitely been trying times for a lot of people. You just have to, like, I feel like it's gave people time to have self-reflection and also kind of redirect mm -hmm. where they were going or where they weren't and kind of moving into different directions that you possibly may not have never known, you know, from platforms from either Clubhouse or right. all these things where, like you said, connecting people on other levels that we didn't have access to at one point before right. where it's like kind of people are kind of coming together in their own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And making a difference. 
For sure. What would you describe to yourself? What is true love to you? True love. I think love that works. <laughs> you know, because um, it don't necessarily have to work, right? You know, um, but I think a love that works is uh, definitely an indication of a, of, of a true love. Um, and that's going to vary from one person to the next because what you may necessarily need in order um, to feel love or to be in love with someone uh, may be different from one person to the next. But I think that love has to work at least um, on your terms. Every, everyone's love languages are all different. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Sure. Mine would be just that when you recognize that there are more deposits made than there are withdrawals. Uh, our, you know, relationships are like bank accounts. And so when we continue to put, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go to the bank and take some stuff out. You know, stuff happens. Plumbing goes bad. House needs a roof. But, you know, the goal ultimately is to just keep making more deposits into the relationship than you make withdraw withdrawals. And for Rob and I, that has truly been one of those, you know, uh, when you look at the long arc of 34 years of being together, um, you can definitely see that if there were not more deposits than withdrawals, the energy would not be the same. I like that. How do you feel like how how inspiring is it to you or how do you feel like now that the world's seen your love story portrayed now with the with the documentary? I can't even talk. Documentary. I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, that, that word. <laughs> documentary. There yes. we go. Got it. <laughs> how is that for you to say, like show the, the world your love story? How does that make you feel? How does that make you move? For me personally, it makes me feel empowered because um it's not just uh, our story. Uh, it's the story of uh, some 2.3 million people that are that are struggling, uh, you know, with incarceration as a reality for them all across the country. So uh, to know that you know our story was a story that had been chosen of, of a you know gazillion other stories uh, is empowering, you know, uh, on an individual level as well as on a collective level, because uh, just as families are able to see how it is that we were able to uh, overcome. Uh, the hardships of uh, incarceration. It shows other families that they too, um, by putting one foot in front of the other, doing the next right thing, that um, they too can overcome uh, the hardships of prison as well. We initially started this journey wanting to be a demonstration of love. Um, we knew initially that this was bigger than us. And, um, you know, the other families that we touched during visit, the ones that would come and say, um, thank you, Fox and Rob, because we watch you all. And we know that being a family in the midst of this is possible because we watch you all make it. We watch how you're raising your six sons and we're following your lead. And then to watch families come behind you as the greatest compliment. Um, you get your freedom. You show them the tools that you use and they use them. And you're watching those families be reunited as well. Our intention has always to be a demonstration of love. And so when we hear people say that we see the love, we saw that love, I've never seen love like that before, I didn't even know this kind of love existed, then we get in our own, you know, we lay up in the bed and we say, yes, we did it, we back. did it, right. we did, you know, because it, it wasn't happenstance. Yeah. We were very intentional about showing people that we're stronger together than we are apart. And I think that that is one of the, the biggest messages to me is that we can always accomplish and achieve more, even in our country, when we are together than we ever can when we are separated and divided from one another. 
I definitely think you guys were successful in, in, in that message. The, you know, the documentary is very, you know, is beautifully laid out. It was inspiring to, I feel like, a lot of families that could maybe use the help to know what you can and can't do or what the struggles that go through all that. Because I feel like there's not enough stories where people win. You know what I mean? And That's it's right. always about yes. the latter. It's like yes. there's not someone like yes. maybe they did half the time and they, you know, they couldn't stick it all yes. the way out or whatever. That's why, you know, I commend you for being so courageous and so to such a strong woman to keep all of that on your back and raise, you know, your sons as much as, you know, as you have. And still having your partner be involved with all of that is really unique situation, I feel like. Because I feel like it's like, you know, you could have not shown up. You could have not had the kids come there. They could have not had these things and not had that kind of relationship with their father because of whatever reasons. But, you know, you chose to keep your family together. And I think that's really important message to to show everybody. We all got to fight for what we believe in. If you're not standing, what's the old saying, if you're not standing for something, you'll fall for anything. I wouldn't want to know life without purpose. I wouldn't want it. It's not living if you don't have something that makes you want to get up in the morning. So whether it's the pursuit of freedom, whether it's the pursuit of building your career or building your finances, but just having that something or building more love, um, just being able to wake up each day in pursuit of something that gives you a little feeling uh, uh, that you would say, do a little bit of something, something that means a whole lot every day. I like that. Private Talk, I hope you're liking this episode. Make sure you subscribe and like to this episode. Let us know where we can find you at your social medias and your website that you have. On uh, all social media, we are Fox and Rob, and, um, and our website is Fox and Rob as well. Our organization, PDM NOLA, um, which is really blowing up, we, we um, judge the success of our organization by how much time we save people from going to prison versus how much time someone spends in prison. And since our inception in 2019, April of 2019, we've saved almost 1,000 years of time um, for, for families from going behind bars, using things like drug treatment, using things like domestic violence um, therapy for couples instead of them going to be incarcerated. So it's just little things like that that we're doing that is um, wake up and do a little something every day that means a whole lot. So they can check us out with um, pdmnola.org as well as foxandrob.com. And your clubhouse? What is your clubhouse? Fox and Rob. Fox and Rob, <laughs> Fox and Rob all day, private talk. Fox Make sure and Rob all you day. go and support them. We're going to take a little bit of a break and then we're going to get to my favorite part, Truth with Texas. Whoop, whoop. All right, Private Talk, we are back with Fox and Rob, and it's about to get a little bit more hot and steamy in here. So, Truth with Texas, are you ready to play my game? I, we are ready. I feel like you're a little we, nervous. We, <laughs> you're a little nervous. You know, we're trying to get liberated, Alexis. I'm you got to work help with you. us. I'm here yes. to help you be liberated. I'm a sexual athlete of sorts. You know, I used to be an adult, in, I like that. adult industry, you know, quite some time. And um, I feel like this is the right place for you to be liberated. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. We receive that. So. We're going to play Truth with Texas. We're going to pick your first card and see what you get. Black eight. Oh, are we supposed to say, right? Yeah, ace of what is it? Ace of spades. Ace of spades. That's, that's the favorite here at Private Talk because it's uh -oh. a naughty question. <laughs> They're all a little naughty. Let's see how naughty. We won't get too crazy with you yet. We'll warm you up. Hmm. Have you ever used a toy during sex? Well, you no. know what? We've been looking to go and buy some toys. <laughs> we are trying to get there. Like we, you know, we used to um, before prison have some uh, some toys, but yeah, we got to go to the toy store. Toy uh, store, yes. Does so another person count? Per toys, toys, toys. So you've had a threesome. 
Okay, we'll get to that one later, right? <laughs> toys. We said, Alexa said toys. Right. <laughs> She's like, stick with the script, toys. Mom. We're not going there yet. She didn't ask us that yet, but now we're going. <laughs> so, have you had a threesome? <laughs> now you answer. No, I'm not answering that. I'm letting you answer. I want the truth. We want the truth here. <laughs> I, I will say this, that as a part of our sexual therapy, uh, after Rob had been home uh, a little over two years, when we started our therapy um, back in November, we took a nice trip out to um, the desert and uh, went to this quaint little spot called a um, nude spa and spent the weekend, and it was uh, quite interesting. Where is this nude spot? Oh, it's um, in California. Yeah. Leave it to California. It's in California. What's the name of it? I haven't even been. I might have to go to this new Sea Mountain. Sea Mountain. Sea Mountain. Sea Mountain. Yes. So what happens at Sea Mountain? Is stays it stays at Sea Mountain. Sea Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all both said that like so uniformly. It was like, is that what they tell you when you check in and check out? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So what is your weirdest sexual experience? Sea Mountain. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go look up Sea Mountain. Yeah, you have to go look up Sea Mountain. Yes. Okay, we're gonna go to the next one. All right, let's see. You doing all the pulling and answering all the wrong questions? Ace of Hearts. Ooh, that's romantic. Okay. Ooh. So, what is your ideal, ideal foreplay scenario? My ideal foreplay scenario. Yes. Mm. That we would be in the park uh, um, on a nice summer day, and uh, we would have the fruit basket out and some little trinkets and something to drink and to smoke. She's sitting and, in the mood. Um, right. Yeah, and then Mr. would come on over and remind me about how he wants to massage every part of my body in the great outdoors. We'd probably start there. And, um, you know, I think the rest of that would kind of just take its course after that. Yeah, That's nice hot. park mm -hmm. and fruit. And I think I saw porn like that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have been in it. I don't really know. Maybe that was in my own. I'm going to have to look that one up. I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> and for you, Rob? Oh, uh, I think that it would start with um, a lot of um, unexpected teasing. Uh, that haps, happens. You in, need the uh, build up. Yeah, like subtleties, uh, but they build up over the course of time. And um, just when I guess you get to that point that you can't take it anymore, then wherever you are, it's like that's a fifty-first dates type thing where it's like you tie your hands, you get like a feather, and you just like can't touch those parts, but you like right. want to touch everything but that part, and, right. then, and then you touch it, and it's like, oh my god, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an i? Do you have a, a sex playlist? No, we oh. hadn't put that together yet either. We've been saying we're going to do us a, a music list. We've just been trying to survive and get our lives back on track. So, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to do. I, we, we probably should have bought our notepad <laughs> so that we could take notes on private talk I'll about have all the stuff. I'll give you my number. I'll give, yeah. you, I'll give you some notes. Oh, that would be dope. We'd <laughs> yes, appreciate that sure. genuinely. I will help you out. Anything, yes. anything you want to know, Miss Texas will tell you. I'm here, right. I'm here to help you. We need it. Because I feel like it's all about education. It's about, you know, communication. It's like, you know, you guys are re, you know, learning each other in a sense and also relearning what you what you like as a person, yes. you know what I mean? And, it's, and a sexual person. Yes. The older I've gotten, what I loved about porn for myself was it made me 
experienced things that I maybe not wouldn't have and in a safe environment. And it also unlocked things about me that I was like, ooh, I didn't even know I, I like, like that. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And it's like, for me, I think sex is a beautiful thing. It's, yes. it's art. It's yes. how you express yourself. It's how you, you know, you form relationships with each other and how you get into Bonds. a deeper bond with each yes. other. Mm, that's right. So I like it. I'll send you some songs, girl. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you got a new best friend, Alexis, whether I you know it. it's not. Ace all right, Ace of tonight. Diamonds. It's a spicy question, but we're all a little spicy here. So, what can I do? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I know. Sex playlist. We got some work to do. <laughs> what do you think of when you pleasure yourself? What do I think of when I? You had a lot myself? of time, you know. Rob was gone. What did, what did you, you know, when you were watching my movies? What were you thinking of when you were pleasuring yourself? <laughs> I was thinking probably like, oh, my God, that must be really nice the way she's looking her. That has to feel exceptionally well. So you like well. lesbian porn? No, I, I like group sex okay. porn, the threesome porn, Threesomes, I think. Okay. And then the romantic porn is what it's called when they, you know, just. Um, is that your Pornhub search? Romantic yeah, porn? No, <laughs> Rob turned me on the XXX video so that, you know, I kind of found some new stuff over there. But, yeah. I like mine romantic and laid out, the massage piece. So that was my spice. Did I answer that question? You did. I think you did. What about you, Rob? Spicy. Spicy. She said, what do you think think about when you pleasure pleasure yourself? Oh, when you pleasure yourself. Um, You heard about you pleasuring yourself. You lost your mind. It (laughs) varies. I mean, it varies, I guess, on, you know, in the mood you're in, whether or not you got a long time uh, to do it or whether or not you got a short period of time to do it. So, um but are you like a visual person? You obviously are watching X videos, so right. it's like, or do you like, is it more mental? I think it's more mental. You know, you think about maybe past experiences and or um, sometimes I think about um, uh, desired experiences. And it may be a desired experience with someone that I may not have any plans to pursue or anything like that. Like but a celebrity like list no, I can just be somebody I know you okay. know um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a celebrity type or whatever but um it just varies uh, at least for me from um, from one experience to the next and God knows when you're in prison with 21 years you got a lot of those kind of moments so it you know you have to spice it up a little bit so what's your porn hub search my porn hub search um romantic your romantic mm-hmm. I didn't even know that that's a, like, a category Rob I just found me. out that it was a category <laughs> It's Maybe a, I'm not doing romantic <laughs> things on the fucking on my videos enough to make it seem. I don't know. It just seems it seems more um, realistic. I'm sure it seems more realistic. It seems more um, in not necessarily engaging per se, but it seems more um, natural. Um, and the people that are engaged seem like they have um, some level of um, care for the person that they're doing it with. Whereas in some of those, you know, some videos that you see. I'm going to have to watch this because I got to see if they're faking or not because I right. can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. If they're faking, Alexis, they're just fake good. So, well, you know, as far as faking as the intimacy mm-hmm. goes, not as far mm-hmm. as like, no. because, you know, oh, yeah. you, you know, I mean, in porn, and it would have been, it's, unless it's like a home video, and then it's like, I don't know, like, not that I don't know the person, but it's like a small sec- or selection of performers. So say there's like 20 people. Mm-hmm. And then I go to set that day. I may not know that that was going to work that with that guy until the night before. So it doesn't right. mean I actually have a connection, but I have, like, mm-hmm. again, I'm a sexual athlete. So I'm going to mm-hmm. have a connection in that moment. Right. And I think that's what it is uh, for me with romantic porn. It's uh, more sensual. 
Okay. That's probably mm. it. The um, it. yeah, That's more sensual is more erotic. Sounds like you need to go get like some erotic oils for your girl. You need to give her put it like a bath, some candles, some flowers in there, and so give her a nice massage, and then it'll go down. Because <laughs> the more sensual you are, it seems mm. like you guys are very you know about energies, about like connecting, and like kind of you know you, you are learning each other's bodies again, even though that you know each other's bodies. But intimately, it's a little bit different. It's like, what can you unlock next, Rob? Yes. She wants to know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got the club question, which is a kinky question. All right. What, or if any, do you have any fetishes? You said that you were thinking about things that you may not have ever done before or wanted mm -hmm. to unlock. What are those things, Rob? What are those things? I want the truth! <laughs> <laughs> I'll even give you this Me one to too. give you some time. Yeah. <laughs> Jeopardy response. I, I think it would probably be um, that something that uh, happens that you don't necessarily know that you would like. And like then you what? Find like out that anal? Like, like no, threesomes? Like, like a, orgies? Um, like more like an orgy okay. type of experience, I guess. Would you care if there was more, like, uh, Top multiple guys? Girls. Or girl, so girl if it was heavy. two guys, three girls, you're right. okay with that? Exactly. You're, you're sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Okay. <laughs> She's like, I don't even know about this. But. <laughs> oh my! Look, Alexis, we're just gonna come and roll. Say so that needs to be the next phase of your work. You have to do a sexual therapy counseling course, and then Bob like and that. I are gonna sign up. I like that. And then you're gonna help us. You know, as we are growing, I'll, un I'll unlock these little boxes yes. of yours you that you yes. don't know that are happening. You know, I used to want to be, you know, a therapist at one point in my life, but I just felt like it was way too much school and I didn't really want to do anything <laughs> about But I feel like, you know, with my knowledge of sex and my knowledge with private talk here, I think it's a perfect way to and like, you know, help people unleash things that you may not know. Because it's like, unless you get asked these questions, do you know that if you even like them? Or I'm like, oh, you may leave here and be like, why did she ask me that? Or be like, why did she ask me that? Like, right. Why have I thought about that? You know what I mean? What kind of those things? <clears throat> so I got you. I All got right, you. we can hold you to And these that. are good questions because yes. they make you think about things, like you said, that you haven't necessarily thought about in quite some time. Have you ever caught each other masturbating? Of course. I How? kiss Fox all the time. You know, I wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, she's like. You're, you're sleep creeping on Fox? No, I, I, no, no. When Rob masturbates, it's like you don't even know he's masturbated because he's like super quiet with it. He's like, used to 21 years. Right, where he wasn't to like supposed. sneaking to masturbate. I'm like, so then I'm like all offended. Like, damn, you could have held that for me. What happened? See, that's like, what's wrong with women. Maybe not wrong, it, but it's like. It. I would have joined you if you would have asked me. And then you're like, I just wanted to do it alone. I needed right. to get it really quickly. I didn't need you right that now. Like, Rob, you sound just. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, I get it. All right, you don't want to work that much. I got it, right? Me uh, either. You're lazy. Yo. <laughs> Not catch me masturbating either. I tell uh -huh. you, I'm about to masturbate if you're awake. Right. But that's a, that's a good one, though, because when, when I masturbate, then I feel like I'm cheating. You know, because she wakes up and then it's like after she's found out, it's but like. But is that what gives you the you? adrenaline? Because you're like, she's not gonna find. Out. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're just like, that you roll one over. One eye you. open, you're acting like you're asleep, and you're just like, no, he, 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 look, and I sleep, you know, so hard. He sleeps like a feather. Right. I move. He's like, you okay? I'm like, go to sleep. <laughs> I don't need to check it every time I move in the bed. Do no. you sleep mm -hmm. naked? Of course. Yeah, yeah. We love the bodily contact. You know, we waited forever. You know, to be back together. 
And so um, being um, disrobed when we go to bed is definitely a must in, in I our I feel like house. you sleep better that way too. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're with somebody that you know you care. Like it's like, like, it's like a bonding when you're not mm-hmm. really even awake to mm-hmm. bond, but mm-hmm. you're like, your body is kind of, you know. I'm like a snuggle person where I'm like attached to somebody and if they like if they don't want to be, like I'm still going to be attached. It's either big spoon <laughs> or little spoon. Somebody's <laughs> a big spoon. Look, until you get to be 50, Alexis, talk to me about the spooning when you get to be 50 and the menopause kicks in and you're like, oh, I was going a spoon but i'm hot get your See, ass off I, me i'm already hot and so me like my problem is like i'll sweat on someone i'm like oh, sorry i'm like if you don't like me then I'm, just don't stay i don't know but i'm gonna sweat on you i don't know and i have me and we're gonna do this together and then most times we're like yeah i don't care until they care <laughs> and then he just never know hmm but why well, I feel like I have to ask you one more question before I let you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good one. Yeah. <laughs> what does Miss Texas have for you? What's the craziest place you've ever had sex? Sea Mountain. <laughs> Besides Sea Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> you said that your whole scenario about the park thing, are you like one of those exhibitions type people where you like to be outdoor or like caught? Because I did watch the documentary and it seemed like you were having sex in the car and someone was filming it, kind right. of. But I was like, <laughs> she's looking too glowy over there and she's looking like she ain't looking at anybody else but him. But I wouldn't blame you after that long. But I mean, you like... Right. I think, you know, with that particular moment, it was more so about just reconnecting as soon as we could. And and we had been apart so long that I didn't care if Jesus was around. I was going to say, thank you, God, for this moment with my man. But, um, you know, for me, it was, um, um, I think Sea Mountain would be the experience that I could say that has just been one of the most unique that we have had, that I have had. Um, but we do like um, spontaneous um, things and I just look forward. I'm glad you asked that question. I look forward to us being able to get back there. We used to be a really um, more, you know, just free um, sexually. Um, well, I think too, being you know at such being, a young age when you guys were you know met each other and mm-hmm. were involved in this relationship, we have way less cares then. We're just right, like, right, exactly. fuck right, it. Right. The older you, know you mean? get, then right. you start being more. And you're like, concerned. oh, my kids are oh this yeah. or yeah. like right. something. You know what I mean? It's always something to deter you a little bit. But it's like you know, I think it's important to stay in that bond of a, you know a relationship or a sexual relationship where you can still be free spirited because that's when you I feel like it becomes better. It's yeah. like it's just more, just better. Yes, right. just more better. More better, <laughs> more better. So do you have any advice for private talk before we let you go? Uh, I just think more of what you're doing is um, being able to get free. I, the ultimate goal when we talk about in our country freedom, there is nothing more liberating than being free in yourself to experience your life sexually. We are sexual beings. And while we hide behind what we think sex is a dirty thing because that's what we've been taught by different sex, different religions, um, sex was a gift from God. And I think that we all should be using it a little bit more. And, um, you know, when we call on private talk to give us some coaching lessons, don't play. I got you. I I don't play with it. I'm going to give it to you. That's right. Is there um, anything that you guys want to ask me before we leave? Since, you know, I'm going to be your sex coach. I'm going to help you unlock these boxes. When's the first lesson? (laughs) I will check my schedule. But, you know, I'm always a phone call or a text away. (laughs) We're going to hold you to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't, I can't. uh, It's so much that I am unfamiliar with at this point. 
you know, when you take yourself off the grid for so long, you know, like I said, you were talking about toys. Do we have it? And I was like, no, nah, we've been thinking about buying some more, but we just hadn't even gotten. And then you don't know what to direction it. to go to. What do you, you know, mm-hmm. you, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a thing. It's like getting your it's, an important thing. It's getting your freedoms back again, yeah. you know, because um, like Fox may mention, after you've been sexually suppressed for as long as we have, um, you know, it takes a lot of sex is something that it takes a lot of getting used to or to refamiliarize yourself with what works and, you know, what doesn't work. Um, so just even being invited on the show today was uh, was liberating. Liberating, yes, um, thank you so much. We've been going through our, uh, our own therapy, but, you know, of course, that's to uh, address other concerns. But uh, even though, uh, as you may mention, you don't necessarily have a um, degree, a degree, you know, in the area, but you have enough <laughs> life expertise. experience that um, that makes uh, makes for a good coach. Uh, so we're open and excited about the uh, the prospects of what it is that you yes, for sure. For us so the next time we free. come back on this show, we're gonna have all kind of answers to those questions. I'm gonna give you some homework for the next time on that Ooh. show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you coming coming on and telling us your story. And I again, I like I love the documentary. It was very beautiful. You're a strong woman. I appreciate everything that you've done for everybody. Kind of opening up those doors to let people know that they're not alone. That there's <clears throat> there's you're not alone. That there's you know other families that are going through the same things and that it can still be done and to never give up mm-hmm. yes so tell us again on private talk where we can find you and um so we can support and give you all that love uh, again on all social media we're fox and rob our website is foxandrob.com and the work that we do to change lives and free people is pdmnola.org and um thank you alexis so much awesome thank you guys so much for coming fox and rob bridge make sure you check them out private talk until next time
Yeah, so you'll be looking at this thing right here. Okay. Okay. And, um, you can just talk into the mic and then the Ooh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm -mm. I'll count together. Three, two. Peace and love is Fox and Rob. <laughs> and we are here live with Alexis, Texas. And boy, I got, when I tell you, we have had an amazing time. Um, this is great, man. You got to try this, right? We have just been guests with Alexis, Texas on Private Talk, and uh, we're better because of it. So don't forget, you got to like, subscribe, and comment down below. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.